Hello, I'm Ella. My name is Cherie. I'm Melissa. And we are here to watch and react to the popular NBC show Once Upon a Time. So buckle up and we will get started. This week we are watching Season 1, Episode 10, 7.15 a.m. You know one thing they don't ever talk about in shows like this? What? Like, because I'm just looking at the the background here, and Charming is, of course, in his leather pants and stuff. Like, how you know how bad they probably smell? Oh, yeah. Like, I'd be, it'd be hard to, like, get intimate with somebody, because, you know, they probably smell terrible. Only on Beth Day. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> probably. And only if they were one of the first people to take a bath. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. That's our modern sensibility showing. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. In Storybrooke, a storm is rolling in as Henry is leaving for school. He notices a stranger fixing his motorcycle in front of the house. Now why is his box upside down? Yes. <laughs> he asks the stranger what he's doing in Storybrooke. The first answer of fixing his bike was too vague, so Henry pressed again. Yeah, your bike just happened to break down right in front of the mayor's house. Yeah. And the stranger said he was visiting, and it looked like a storm might be brewing, so he should get to school. Regina sees the two talking and asks Henry who he was talking to. Why are you talking to a stranger? Do you know Henry? <laughs> Do you know your son? <laughs> <laughs> he talks to every stranger. The only answer he could give was a shrug. At Mary Margaret's apartment, she is rushing around getting ready for school as quickly as possible. Been there. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> times. So many times. She had overslept and was late. They were making a volcano and could not spare any more time. She rushes out the door and ends up at Granny's, where she quickly pops down, grabs her book, and checks her hair in a spoon. Ooh, she towed a fib. <laughs> Mary Margaret glances at the clock and sees it's 7.15. We hear the door open and David walks in. He comes in every morning at the same time to get the morning coffee for him and Catherine. That was such an awkward laugh, but look, she looks so sad. It makes me sad. She does it to herself. I know she does. I mean, I get it, though. Emma, who can always tell when people are lying, followed Mary Margaret to see where she was going. She insists Mary Margaret needs to stop the stalker behavior and not show up again to see him. The stalker. <laughs> In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White is hunting when Red surprises her with a visit. She's brought her supplies and news that Charming is set to marry Abigail in two days. Snow White wishes there was a way to get Charming out of her head, and Red tells her Rumpelstiltskin might be able to help her with that. Don't we all wish there was a magic cure for heartbreak? Rumpelstiltskin takes a piece of her hair because no two loves are alike, and it had to be personal. With a giggle, Rumpelstiltskin adds the hair to the potion. <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> I definitely thought he was trying to imitate a horse. <laughs> I mean, might as well be. Yeah. <clears throat> the next time she sees her object of grief, she won't remember him as long as she drinks it. Snow White is hesitant, but Rumpelstiltskin assures her that love is the most powerful magic, so the cure had to be extreme. When Snow White asks about the price of the potion, Rumpelstiltskin holds up the last few strands of hair he cut. Snow White wonders what he will do with her hair, but Rumpelstiltskin dismisses her complaints because he's already cut it. What will she need it for since it isn't attached? I just love the way he says that line. Mm-hmm. Very Scottish. And it's been plucked from your head. 
Snow White agrees to the deal and Rumpelstiltskin walks away after telling Snow White to drink it in good health. Back in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret is at the market and runs directly into Catherine. They spill both baskets on impact and start picking up the mess immediately. Mary Margaret grabs a pregnancy test and hands it back to Catherine while wishing her good luck. Catherine thanks her and walks away. Regina, who had watched the whole thing, told Mary Margaret she'd better be discreet. And of course Regina's there. Mm -hmm. Oh fuck. It's their family and not anyone else's business. At the palace in the Enchanted Forest, Charming is brooding on the balcony of his quarters. See, he's thinking about snow too, and his smelly leather. <laughs> leather and velvet. When King George walks in with an ornate box, stating that Charming's absence is felt at the feast, seeing as it's in his honor. He lifts the lid of the box and shows Charming an ornate crown, which Charming states would pay for enough food to feed the kingdom for the entire winter. King George says it's a gift from King Midas for marrying Abigail, and with their union, they could feed the kingdom for all eternity. He asks Charming to show some enthusiasm, but Charming counters that enthusiasm wasn't part of the deal. The wedding is in two days, and he's honored his end of the bargain, but King George wants his heart, not just his honor. He knows Charming is in love with another woman, and he asks him to forget about her. He tells Charming that the power they hold comes with a price. But he wasn't born noble or raised noble. Didn't even right. he's more noble than you. And Charming tells him that he never asked to be prince. King Doris tells him that he was chosen to be his son, plucked out of poverty, and he should be grateful for the life he has now. Charming accepted the responsibilities. He didn't have a choice. That's what the I choice say. he made to save his mother. Right? Well, they don't have another brother, so... Yeah. Yeah. So he should honor that decision, as there is too much at stake. Charming really has all of the power in that relationship. Exactly. Every bit of it. He tells him to do whatever it takes to get Snow out of his head, because the wedding between him and Abigail has to succeed. Once King George leaves, Charming writes a letter, attaches it to a carrier pigeon, and tells it to find Snow White. It's a bird. It'll find her. Even 28, however long years later. <laughs> Back in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret is taking a walk in the woods when she stumbles upon an injured bird. She takes it to the animal shelter where David works. The vet working at the shelter tells her that the bird is going to be okay but needs to get back to the flock before they move on. Mary Margaret gets out to return the bird to the flock, but David tries to get her to wait out the storm or at least let him drive her out there. Not getting in the car with him. She refuses both and sets off back to the woods. Back in town, Emma is packing emergency into the trunk of the sheriff's car when Regina walks up, asking her to look into the stranger who showed up in town. He's a man and he asks for directions. That's the big deal. <laughs> exactly right. I'm Something sorry, did wrong. I say that out loud? Because he was showing interest in the one thing they had in common, Henry. Way to use your son to be nosy. I mean, what won't she use him for? Right. Emma promises to look into him, and they part ways. In the woods, we see Mary and Margaret driving along, trying to find where the flock may have gone, and we fade back into the enchanted forest. Snow White is looking longingly at the potion Rumpelstiltskin gave her when a carrier pigeon charming scent lands on her head. Talk about perfect timing. <laughs> yep. She pulls the note off its leg, and it flies away. In the note, Charming asks her to meet him before the wedding, and they can run away together. Back in the woods of Storybrooke, Mary Margaret is still driving as the rain picks up. That's such a perfect vehicle for Snow White. Mm -hmm. She comes upon a closed road, leaving right where she needs to go, and decides to take the dove and continue on foot. At Charming's castle, Snow White is trying to sneak in by pretending to be delivering flowers for the wedding. She's directed towards the servant's staircase and gets into the palace. On her way to Charming's quarters, she You know, I'm not getting rid of the, my... Uh-oh, I wouldn't get rid oh, of my Oh, no. 
No, yeah. She gets detained by one of King Dor's knights. Oh. He throws her in a cell in the dungeon and tells her that the king will decide her fate. While trying to break out... Call the rats to you, Snow White. Have them chew through the wood. Call the beavers. <laughs> Shit, that one got me. <laughs> we meet Grumpy, who is in the next cell over. Oh, those ears. I know, I love the dwarves' ears and the enchanted forest. After they share sob stories, another dwarf shows up named Stealthy. <laughs> Stealthy. And breaks Grumpy out. Snow White wishes him good luck, and he opens her cell, too. Grumpy's really a softy. I love him. I do, too. It was perfect. <laughs> Back in the woods, Mary Margaret finds the dove's flock, but right as she's about to open the cage, a bolt of lightning strikes nearby and startles her, sending her falling off the cliff face she was standing on. Well, shit. You know David followed her. Well, he better have. Mm-hmm. She grabs hold of a tree root and tries to pull herself back up, but is about to slip when David shows up and grabs her arm before she could fall. He pulls her back up. He's been working those muscles in PT. Yeah, right. Right? <laughs> and they run for shelter when the rain starts pelting down. In the escape from the dungeon, Snow White and the dwarves disagree over the best way to sneak out of the palace. Snow White thinks they should climb over one of the walls, but the dwarves think sticking out through the courtyard would be better. Snow White tries to persuade them, saying that she grew up in a castle and knows what she's talking about, but the dwarves ignore her and they go through the courtyard. As they're trying to sneak out, the CGI, good lord. The guards in King George ambush them. Sneaky still tries to outrun them and gets an arrow in the chest for his efforts. Oh, uh, that's no. why you don't hear about stealthy. Yep. We need a dwarf only for this episode to get Grumpy out. What should his name be? <laughs> stealthy! King George asks Grumpy where Snow White is, and just as one of the guards is about to chop his head off, she shows herself. She threatens to burn down the castle if they don't let Grumpy go. Should I have dropped the fire? Me too. Farming would have been okay with it. Oh, of course. King George tells him to go, and after a staring contest with Snow White, he does. The guards detain Snow White, and we cut back to Storybrooke. During the storm, David, Mary Margaret, and the Dove take shelter in an empty cabin in the woods. A romantic little cabin to weather a storm together. Now, who who owns all of the land in Storybrooke? Right? The Who's mayor, the second, probably. No, gold. Oh, yeah. Who's the second biggest snowing shipper in the entire story? Yeah, that would be gold. The the mm -hmm. biggest being Henry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just happened to conveniently be right there where they needed it. Right. After David starts a fire in the fireplace, they try to dry off from the rain. David offers Mary Margaret a blanket from the cabin, and she shrugs him off. But she's PMSing. It's so very truthful. Yeah. She admits to still having feelings for him, and they both admit that they go to Granny's at 7.15 every morning to see each other. After staring longingly at each other for a long moment, Regina's gonna show up at the window. <laughs> They're about to kiss when Mary Margaret pulls away again and informs David that Catherine thinks she's pregnant, putting more distance between them. Regina, I told you Regina was going to show up. She just didn't physically show up. <laughs> in town, Emma walks into Granny's and the only other person in the lobby is the stranger. I think I remember who he is, but I can't remember for certain. <laughs> I'm going to message you, Elizabeth. Okay. Yes. Okay. Emma tries to talk to him, but he's being very cagey and uncooperative. She asks what's in the box he carries with him everywhere. A bomb. <laughs> I mean, in today's society, that's what it would be. He's <laughs> somebody's head. This isn't seven. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking about. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Could also be an what's SNL in the head. Box? 
You know what SNL sketch I'm talking about? No. Justin Timberlake, Lonely Island. It's oh. a Christmas song. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it right now because there's a nine-year-old in the room with yeah. me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he tells her he'll only show her if she agrees to have a drink with him. She agrees, and he opens the box to reveal a typewriter. Oh, that's why it was upside down. He tells her that Storybrooke provides inspiration for a writer. He gets up and walks off toward the bed and breakfast, telling Emma that he'd take her for a drink another time. In the cabin, David tries to talk to Mary Margaret more, but just then the rain stops, and Mary Margaret rushes to get the dove back to its flock with David following her. David, that was code for I need to get out. They go back to where Mary Margaret found the dove and find the rest of the flock. It was raining really hard. Where are the puddles? No limbs down, because you know it was windy. Yeah. She releases the bird, who flies off to join the rest, and- Wait for me! And David grabs Mary Margaret's hand. She pulls away, telling him that it's too painful. David tells her that they don't know if Catherine's really pregnant. Doesn't matter. But Mary Margaret stands her ground and tells him that he can't have both. They part ways after Mary Margaret tells him they're going to have to forget each other. She done left the cage there and everything. That's littering Snow White. <laughs> In King George's quarters, he tells Snow White to tell Charming that she doesn't love him and he needs to forget about her or he'll kill Charming. You know, why doesn't he and Regina just get married? You're exactly right. <laughs> because it wouldn't be beneficial for him. Mm, true. Her kingdom isn't exactly prosperous. Mm, true. That's what evil gets you, though. That's why both of their kingdoms are in ruins. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, she has magic. She could magically change everything. Right, but that would be, you know, giving up her power to other people. Mm-hmm. Snow White asks if he would do that to his own son, and he replies that Charming is not his son. We then see Snow White sneak into Charming's quarters. He rushes over to her, snatching her up in a big hug, which she initially reciprocates. But when he tries to kiss her, she pulls away, telling him they, that they can't happen. See, I just don't get why she doesn't just say, uh, your, your dad told me that he'll kill you if I don't leave you alone. Because she grew up in, in a palace among all of the yeah. political theater, so that's true. what she knows. Her mom tried to shield her from it, but then she died. And Yeah, Regina came along. Yeah. He tries to tell her that she must feel the same way about him, otherwise she wouldn't have shown up. But she tells him that she only came because she wanted to tell him in person that she doesn't feel the same, and that he needs to open his heart to someone else who can love him the way she never has and never will. She's really good at lying. I wouldn't be able to lie like that. At the Nolan house, David and Catherine are getting ready for the day when he asks if there's anything she needs to tell him. She tells him about how she thought she was pregnant, but then was relieved when it turned out she wasn't because she knows they aren't ready. He agrees to go to Dr. Hopper for marriage counseling, and instead of getting their morning coffee, David offers to make her breakfast instead. Good choice. That's exactly right. We see Snow White looking back at the palace before she walks away. The dwarves meet up with her as she's walking, and she joins them. She shows Grumpy the potion Rumpelstiltskin gave her, and Grumpy convinces her to wait to take the potion until the pain truly becomes too much. I love Grumpy! I know! It's probably one of my favorite scenes. Mm -hmm. They continue walking back to the dwarves' home. In Emma and Mary Margaret's loft, Mary Margaret is staring at the clock as it hits 7.15, and Emma grabs her hand. In the Enchanted Forest, Charming is seen riding a galloping horse, calling for Snow White. How did he know where to where to go? 
Red comes up to him, telling him that she never came back after she went to find him, and he promises to find her. We then see Grumpy come back to the hovel, looking for Snow White. He runs into her room, telling her that Charming ran away from the wedding and is looking for her, only to find that she drank the potion overnight and doesn't remember who Charming is. Oh, she took it. Oh, no. At Granny's later in the morning, Marie Margaret is getting her morning coffee when David walks in. <laughs> when he sees her, he turns around and walks out and she follows him. They both say they came at a later time to avoid seeing each other, and David tells her that Catherine isn't pregnant, and they embrace. Right there oh, in that's the just right in the middle of town. As Regina watches from across the street. You know Ruby is probably on the phone with somebody already. Oh no, <laughs> never mind, there's Regina. There she is. Oh. We'll be right back to discuss the episode, but first, let's take a quick break. <laughs> Listen, how how charming can be so perfect and how David can be so dumb. Right? Is just the perfect example of how well the curse works. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> because and then Snow changing from her big brash personality to the meek just meek Mary yeah. Margaret. Well, <laughs> not even meek, like cuz meek does not describe no Mary Margaret at all. No. The She's... severely passive Yes. Mary Margaret. <laughs> yes. It's like the the qualities that she had as snow of compassion and love and all of that she still has, but that and willingness to up. fight is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her fear of has... confrontation. I wonder, though, if it has to do with, um, in in storybook, Regina is the powerhouse of everything. You know what I mean? So Yeah, the, the curse worked out how yeah, she wanted Regina it Regina wanted it, yeah. Like, but I think that she's, she's, everybody has those differences, though, because think about Grumpy in storybook versus mm -hmm. Grumpy in The Enchanted Forest. Grumpy in Storybrooke is just grumpy. Yeah. He doesn't have that that hidden um big bro. Yeah, exactly. Um and of course we haven't seen enough of the other characters to be able to compare their personalities, you know, either. Yeah. Um now Jiminy Archie. Yeah, we have that. Yeah. Exposé on him. But he's already made that character development. Yeah. In the episode with the mine and stuff. Um, where he went from being basically a pushover to actually using his conscience. Conscience. Mm -hmm. So you've seen that moment for him. And I, you know, I know that the moments are coming for all these other characters too. You know, or even Cinderella. You know, we saw yeah. her go from this scared teenage girl who's not married and pregnant and, you know, uh, and willing to sell her the baby. catalyst in both of those situations? Exactly. So, Emma or Henry. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yep. So, uh, we know when that Enchanted Forest timeline happened it was um after snow falls but 
before uh the pilot. Yeah. Um the Hansel and Gretel Enchanted Forest timeline was um it was between Snowfalls and this episode because we see Snow walking with the dwarves that happened at the end mm-hmm. of this episode at the end of that oh, one. Right. So it's kind of happening at the same time. Yeah. So guest stars in 7.15 a.m. I'm pretty sure the only one of note was... The Stranger. Or Stealthy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we gotta do him because we don't see him again because yeah. he's dead. Which I didn't recognize him from anything either, so... Yeah. Jeff Gustafson. Three Wise Men and a Baby. That sounds like a Hallmark movie. Yep. Yeah, I recognize none of that. A lot, apparently a lot of Hallmark movies. Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. He, there was apparently a movie series called Sign Sealed Delivered. Delivered. Yeah, I bet you that was like some sort of either Lifetime or Hallmark um, yeah. like mystery series or something. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Oh, it looks like it was a show. Well, he was on two episodes of Psych. Oh, it started out as a show, and then yeah. there was movies from it. Okay. Yeah. Gyocha. Ooh, Primeval. I didn't recognize him from that. I don't think I ever watched that. I did. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Eureka, but I don't remember him from Eureka. Yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, I do not remember him from that. Well, you have to take the dwarf makeup off of him. Still don't remember him. <laughs> Damn some funeral. That sounds like an interesting watch. Right? Right. Yep. Yeah, I don't like I don't remember him from Supernatural or anything. I him I recognize like from a ton of stuff. I remember him in numbers. I remember him from ER too. Uh Band of Brothers. Yeah. I think that's what I remember him from most, honestly. Mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Oh, look, he was on One Buffy episode too. of Buffy. Any fun facts on that one? That was a highly rated one, too. That was 8.1. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, Grumpy Whistles Hi-Ho. Yeah. Apparently the secret Mickeys are in the jail cell that she's in. In the Enchanted Forest, Grumpy tells Snow White that he would never wish away the pain from his lost love. Because it makes him who he is. It makes him grumpy. We learn in Dreamy, 2012, that Grumpy's name was Dreamy until his heart was broken. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It did say spoilers on that one. (laughs) But I can can totally see that, though. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that, uh, this is also spoilers, but that episode totally redcons what he told Snow in this episode. Yeah. And that's also the episode that my brain just goes straight white noise, but I can't skip it because I have to watch it the whole way through. The same reason that I can't not listen to the Fablehaven books when I want to listen to the Dragon Watch books, because I have to listen to the whole arc. That's right. Because that's that's how my brain works. I'm not frustrated at my brain at all. (laughs) A fake rain was used for the scene where Mary Margaret releases the dove. The water could not be heated since using heated rain in that kind of weather would create steam, so the rain was very cold. Oh. 
lots of spoilers in this trivia. Yeah. So the the type of dove that the uh, vet was talking about um, is a fictional species created for the show. Yeah. Because there is no North American dove that yeah. is that heavily attached. Yeah. Uh, several different birds doubled as the injured dove that Mary Margaret rescues. Uh, the bird used to film the scene where Mary Margaret finds the injured dove is called Chester. Another bird was called Buster. The birds were real homing pigeons, and when they were released, they flew to their home several hours away. Oh. The rest of the flock were CGI. And the, the hooded figure in the title card was, was Red Riding Hood. Was red? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always assumed it was snow in her hood. Yeah. Nope. And that's all. And the reason I didn't do Red's character, or Red's actor in this one, is because we get a Red-centric yeah. episode whole... later on. Exactly. Huh? I was going to say, we get a whole episode. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Uh, y'all got any more comments on that episode? Or mm-hmm. True North? Mm-mm. Sure. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You get all the feels from it? Yeah, you know, it was. I, I was super excited. All the you feels know. and all the frustration. Right. Because yes. mm-hmm. he could, he should have just not had that conversation with his wife that morning. Yeah. Like if he was that unsure, you know. Right. <clears throat> but it's still adorable because they're gonna be together. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's a fairy tale, so you know how it's gonna end. You know, so. Right. But then they have to deal with all of. All of that as well. Right, right, right in the middle of town. You know? Well, not just that, but whenever, because, you know, it's a fairy tale, so you know the per- curse is probably going to get broken yeah. eventually. Yeah. But then once it does, they have to deal with all of their curse memories alongside their actual memories. Exactly. And sort those out, plus all the complex feelings that come along with it and and repercussions of choices they made in both worlds. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Once Upon a Time is property of Disney. Our intro and outro music can be found on Anchor FM. The intro is The Trestle and the outro is Balti. All fun facts and other information can be found on the episode-specific pages on imdb.com. If you would like to get in contact with us, we have a Facebook group called Once Upon a Fancast, and our email is onceuponafancast at gmail.com. Join us next week as we continue our watch through with Season 1, Episode 11, Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.